Hey, eavesdroppers. Welcome to Flapping Our Lips. We're just three sisters talking about random things. And we invite you to eavesdrop on today's conversation. So today we're going to talk about our random observations about different generations, taking a look through the looking glass and see are there benefits or negatives about our generations that currently exist. So let's get into it. Now, I don't, I don't. Well, maybe we should go into what each generation is. How about we start there? So currently we have baby boomers. We'll start with the baby boomers, which at one point was the largest generation. They're anyone born from 1946 to 1964. Then you have Generation X is born from 1965 to 1980. Millennials are anyone born from 1981 to 1986. Generation Z is anyone born from 1997 to 2012. And then after that is Generation Alpha, which will extend through 2024. So now that we kind of have some kind of parameters on our generations, any thoughts about any of them? Um, you know, in part, I think there's a little bit of blurring of generations that have, have occurred, but many of them have, uh, very distinctive ways of, um, approaching life as a, as a mom of two individuals in the Gen Z, I think they're Gen Z, uh, grouping, um, I find them to be a lot more entrepreneurial. Um, I, when I'm, when I'm in my professional life, we often discuss how tough the workforce is going to be in the future. Cause I just don't think they're about the nine to five hustle and that they many times seem like they want to chart their own course. And, um, so that, that's certainly one observation that I have of that, um, group of individuals. They're just very entrepreneurial and may not be committed to the nine to five grind in the future or even now, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that all of the folks who are in that millennial category, well, many, many of them I see, you know, become influencers on social media. They're more open to expose their whole entire lives on social media. Some of them, the good, the bad, what's happening, um, use the world as their oyster and everyone is your friend and can um, add to your life's discussion with thousands of comments and maybe you go back and forth with them, maybe you don't, but I definitely see them using social media um, more. And I, well, this group, was this the first group that was born with a tablet and a smart and a phone? Like they had no exposure to landlines. They don't know what a paid telephone is, where you had to put a quarter in. They um, or a phone booth on the street. They there's just certain that maybe they don't know what a cassette recorder is or um, a Betamax mm-hmm. and a videotape. You had to go to Blockbuster to get your video. You can't just stream it on your phone. So this might be 
definitely Gen Alpha, Gen Z might be that group that was born with any without any knowledge of a VCR. Of, uh, I don't even remember what VCR stands for or Betamax or big giant satellite dish on your um, on your house <laughs> instead of just a small box to stream in or Wi-Fi for that matter. Um, so I think that there's um, there's some manual abilities, you know, that you had to go through and struggle to get information. You had to scroll through an encyclopedia, look for, read differently. It wasn't at your fingertips. And I think that there's, that's some advent, there's some, there's some advantages to that for um, Gen Z, wait, baby boomers and the Gen Xers, because you had to kind of learn how to decipher, find information. And it was harder to find information. Today is at your fingertips. When I said, oh, I want to see who's in Gen Z, I just plugged it in my phone bam, and looked it up. Boom. Bam. It was there in two seconds. For the old timers, it would be, oh, you had to go to the library. <laughs> go find, could you give me a book? Go to the periodical, whatever that card thing was that you had to pick out scroll through with your fingers. So it was harder. It was definitely hard. I think things are easier in some ways for the gen millennials. And so I find them to be, maybe that leads to their entrepreneurial spirit because, you know, you have so much access, you know, why can't I do this? It's so easy where back in the day, it was like, oh, this is so hard, my God. Yeah. I just need a job. I also think that the Gen Z people might be more in touch with their emotional wellness as well at a much earlier age than, say, folks in my generation where, you know, we kind of kick those things to the side, tough it up, tough it up. They're like, oh, no, I need to balanced. I have to have good mental health, wellness. Um, that's just a part of their conversation and dialogue today that I don't think that I have seen in earlier generations. I think mental health, mental health, wellness was kind of maybe considered, I don't want to say less important, but it wasn't prioritized to me as much as I think younger people prioritize that. And as a result, they make very distinct choices about what they're going to do with their life. If it's going to in any way kind of throw them off, they're like, mm, I have to think about that. Whereas before I would say people, they were more concerned about, I've got to live and have the money and a home and a this and a that. Um, even if it, even if I was killing myself to do it. Um, I think that comes with, so my my first um, degree is in a social work background, and I think that comes because people are more educated. They're better educated on mental health. They're giving more information on the importance of mental health. There's less stigma around mental health. So for the earlier generations, when someone had an issue, and I remember us having a cousin who did not talk until she was about four, and everybody's like, oh, she just don't talk. That child needed early intervention and some speech therapy, but it was considered, 
And that's just a, a learning, a developmental delay she had. But in terms of mental illness, if you felt sad, what you got to feel sad about, you know, it wasn't recognized that you could actually be having an issue. If you felt anxious or anxiety, people weren't educated that those were, these are actual issues. The brain needs help too. Your emotional well-being needs help. It's not until today. So now that people are better educated about the benefits and the importance of mental health and mental hygiene, now this generation is taking advantage. Like, wait a minute, I can go to therapy. I'm, I'm running to therapy immediately. I don't like this. I have to set my boundaries. This is not okay. Whereas people who grew up in earlier generations, they just grinned and bared it. Tough until it out. It just became tough it too out. much. They just... Yeah. They, or there's so much stress. So, you know, our parents probably had a ton of stress being immigrants coming to this country, trying to figure it out and felt overwhelmed. But where do you go? Do you have access to healthcare? Somebody telling you that, oh, this might, uh, you go to the doctor. They're not saying, oh, are you depressed? They're not asking you questions on the P2Q and 9. They're just saying, uh, you know, how you doing? I feel okay. They're not asking you those important questions, which they do today. So I think that's the biggest difference. And the millennials, their parents are better educated. So if they're seeing something, they might be like, mm, this behavior is strange. And I might've read an article. Is this my kid? You know, is this what's happening? Or they communicate, or you have access to the internet. So you could look up things and see it easier than unfortunately uh, the older generations. I would agree as a parent of a millennial um, that your last statement is true. Um, you know, my, my millennial, you know, recognized when she, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, this doesn't feel right to me. I need to talk to somebody about it. Very, very strong about boundaries, setting her boundaries and, you know, researching and, and being very vocal about, uh, things that just does not sit right with her, if whether it's, if this doesn't feel right, this doesn't sound right, this is not right, just very, very, very vocal, very, very um, capable and able of for advocating for herself, which like you said, it's like more access. It's also, you know, being raised by a generation that now also has access to like, as you said, Oh, that doesn't seem right. Let me go research this. Let me let me talk to my kid about this. Like, hey, are you is this what you're feeling? Maybe you should talk to somebody. So, yeah. So the, I mean, definitely benefited. We definitely all generations have benefited from access to Doctor Google. You know, just quickly able to jump on the internet and search something, whether it's for yourself, for your kid. And the millennial generation definitely embraces that type of research and, and you coming to them with, you know, hey, is this what you're feeling? Go, do, are you okay with talking to somebody? They're, they don't have the same stigma as maybe my generation and the generation before me of seek, seeking a mental health um, professional. There was definitely a stigma about that in the earlier generations. Millennials going forward the stigma is positive. Like, yes, see somebody, talk to somebody. You know, you don't have to sit there and suffer with that. You better go talk it out. They're more willing to do that. So on the, on the flip side to that, uh, do you think that 
the newer generation, the newer generations are as considerate as the older generation. So what I mean by that, so uh, the older generations were taught to respect their elders. You speak with your family. You consider your family. You consider your friends. It's an older person. You know. Do you think that because the newer generations have, hey, I'm standing up for myself. I'm, you know, soft care, whatever it is that it's called. I'm taking care of myself. Um, that person bothers me. I don't like them. They trigger me. You know, do you think that... Do you think that they have the same levels of consideration as older generations? Ah, uh, you know, uh, my, not always. I, I, smile. I think sometimes, I... sometimes that whole self care, me care, speak up for yourself, advocate, um, uh, sometimes takes away. I don't know what the wording is. The, the way we were raised, like I don't want to say respect, passion compassion that we were like, you know, you know, so there's, it's a double-edged sword, right? So you want them to advocate and speak up for yourself, but you also want them to like, Hey, have compassion, have consideration. You know, it's not all about you. And I think at that point, that's, that's, that's where it's teachable from the parental side. Sometimes we win, sometimes we fail at it. Sometimes it's a after the fact learning, but no, I don't think, I think that they definitely, to me, it is definitely yeah. something they have to work on. Yeah, because there's a balance, right? There's a balance. While it's not good if you don't take care of your mental health, 100%, um, that, that could go as far as you don't feel like doing something and you feel like it's okay to say no, but you do it anyway, yeah, yeah. begrudgingly. But there's a balance, I think, to that, that when you have those types of relationships, friends, family, whoever it is, your partner, that is it only about you or is it about others as well sometimes? And I think, or we were taught to, hey, you got to suck it up, you know, and you figure out how to make live, you know, life is not, it's not, it's progress, not perfection. Everything is not going to be perfect. You kind of push through it and the challenge, um, the change comes through the challenge. So you, you kind of learn those things and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pushing through it. Or somebody says, oh, you're too intense. I'm like, okay, well, the intense is good. That's, I mean, so. You know, what I've learned, uh, it's interesting with my younger Gen Z person. And, I, you know, I think I learned that from both of them. You know, when I was younger and your parents said, do X, I just did it. It's the chain of command. We are not age mates. You're not my pair. I do think that the younger generation believes that they're just as important as you are. Uh, age doesn't matter necessarily. I'm important in this conversation. Um, and so one of the things that I realized was important in the communication was not just, hey, go do this. It was also, why am I asking you to do this? You know, a little bit more explanation. And then it was no pushback. It was just an understanding of here's why it is. Whereas before, I, I think I, and maybe, you know, maybe that's just unique to my own experience, didn't feel 
like I had the latitude to ask why, or can you explain more to me or any of that? It was just, okay. The authoritarian person said, do X. I'm just going to do it. Even if I don't like it, I don't understand why I'm doing this. It's not fair, blah, blah, blah. I just did it. Um, I think young, younger generations are a little different depending, you know, certainly it's maybe not, um, everyone, but I, I do think that they're, they ask for a little bit more explanation and I don't think they're more curious necessarily, but I I think they, they look for that more than perhaps I did when I was at that age. I would like to add something to that. So I have a few thoughts about that. I feel like, I think that in some parts it's one, uh, your communication is probably better than your parents. And that's not without, that's with no disrespect. It's just that you probably communicate in a, a way that you learned would be more effective and how you would have wanted to be communicated with. Two, they grew up in a period, your parents grew up in a period and in a culture that was very close to slave culture. And slave culture, people just were told what to do. You don't have any options. This is how it is. And that's why their communication styles are that way. And so they just, is a learned behavior. And all of these terrible things that happened still passed down through generations in slavery, still passed down people's expectations, you know, seen and not heard, especially when you come from a country that's impoverished. I mean, you still living in the 60s in a manner that was very, or 40s and 50s that was very similar to the 1800s is bizarre. Um, There's no progress. And so you bring on those cultures and it's about survival and people learn how to survive in different ways, whether it's you do what I tell you to do because I tell you to do it, you know? And I think that when you move into a new environment and your children now have the opportunities to experience you as a, you know, an a person who has more exposure, more opportunities, it helped them receive and be comfortable with asking those questions. You know, that that's where I think that comes from. And you probably learned that, however you learned it, that uh, this doesn't work. I didn't like this way. And I'm open to hearing what they have to say and they can ask the question. It doesn't mean the result's going to be different, but you can always ask me the question. So this has been a really interesting conversation, just definitely um, how all the generations just, uh, or the different generations kind of like grow and change and and, and assimilate in whatever different ways. So with that, I'm going to say thanks for eavesdropping with us. New episodes drop weekly. To share your comments, say hi, recommend topics, or ask for advice, Reach us at flapyolips at gmail.com. That's F L A P Y O L I P S at gmail.com.